0: Hello and welcome to the Katie Halper Show.
1: Hey, what's up everybody? It's me, Gabe Pacheco. I'm here on the Katie Halper Show today.
0: (laughs) How's it going?
1: I feel pretty good.
0: Gabe and I went on our first movie outing together.
1: Oh my goodness, we went to Nighthawk Cinema.
0: I love Nighthawk Cinema. Got that
1: truffle, truffle oil on the butter on the uh, <laughs> on the popcorn. On the, yeah, it was so great.
0: for listeners who don't know, Nighthawk Cinema is a is a movie theater in Brooklyn.
1: Hey, you nerds, got to just Google it. Google Wikipedia. It, yeah,
0: <laughs> Gabe. Nighthawk. Loves, like, Gabe has no to- tolerance for people who don't have the initiative to to Wikipedia.
1: Yeah, I mean, are you listening to this? Yeah, of course you are. You're smart. You're savvy. You're smart. Yes, you're te- yeah. you're, you know how to use. You can smartphone. use the Google, yeah. Yeah. So
0: it happens to be in Williamsburg in Brooklyn, and we saw Mandy.
2: So what are you going to do with man? We're going hunting. So what are you
0: hunting? It's
1: crazy evil.
0: Which I never in a million years would have chosen, but I'm glad we saw it, and we're going to actually do an episode on that later.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about Nick Cage, who Nick is Cage, a yeah. national treasure. We're more like treasure protectors.
0: I'm bum that was a good. That was a good one. I haven't seen National Treasure. Have you?
1: Oh no, no, me I don't either. care about it's, that. It's not
0: really a priority for. Yeah. I don't think for either of us. The thing I like about Nighthawk Cinema is that, and they should really sponsor this episode. By they, the way,
1: uh, yeah, okay, get at us,
0: get at us, come at us. We'll tweet um, at them
1: or something. Yeah, let them know that they're getting. Um, they're getting a special bump. Yeah, right.
0: They bring you food and drinks, and their menu is exciting. Yeah, like it's not just soda and popcorn. It's like salads and exotic cocktails and they have specials that kind of go with the movie
1: you can get like an ancient grain bowl
0: (laughs) an ancient grain yeah a (laughs) farro bowl or something yeah the irony is we went there i could have gotten any fancy drink they all did look good uh i was a little full disclosure i was a little hungover from the night before could have used a little hair of the dog that bit me that's right but i didn't because i just didn't want to drink that early so yeah, it was like
1: 30 in the afternoon. Yeah, it was one forty-five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I wasn't going to judge you uh, vocally, right? right, right but right. I was going to judge you your in your voice. Yeah, you yes. weren't
0: going to scream during the movie. My friend is drinking alcohol. They're I don't sober. drink till the
1: sun goes down. Yeah,
0: is that your, that's a day good limit. Day drinking is mistrust. haram for me. Yeah, day drinking is haram for me too. Actually, because it ruins the day for me. That's why I don't do the brunches. Like I don't do the Bellinis or the mimosas.
1: No boozy brunches. No for boozy this brunches.
0: Bride. Yeah
1: or this for boy this right bro here or yeah. broad yeah yeah
0: it just maybe if i'm on vacation i have nothing else to do that day sure but it just feels weird and yeah
1: you know you're in croatia on the beach
0: <laughs> definitely gonna get a uh what a pina not that it's croatian a yeah pina colada, you get yourself but, a pina colada yeah.
1: we're well, we live in a globalized it's true uh, thank society. god for small favors yeah yeah i'm sure they get they got pina coladas in croat what's, croatia what's now? your
0: favorite drink by the way
1: me oh dude i just i'm so simple i've got the palate of like a 17 year old i'm all about uh uh, i just drink uh, a rum and cokes baby
0: so you like sweet
1: can't get enough love it sweet yeah yeah
0: i uh went to had dinner the other day with a friend and it was columbus day
1: oh everyone's favorite holiday god bless
0: yeah or indigenous people's day that's right out of respect for that we got uh not intentionally i don't think but we went to an italian restaurant okay that also had tapas (laughs) Perfect Colombian place because, of course, he was Italian and but working for the Spanish. I got a Haitian drink and he got a Cuban drink.
1: They yeah. had that in the titles. Yeah. You got real colonial.
0: got real colonial. So I kind of sold out on our first movie outing together because I just had popcorn and Diet Coke, which was stupid because I could get that anywhere. The whole point of Nighthawk Cinema is that. You can get, like, exotic things. But I like popcorn during the movies. It's almost Pavlovian, and I need some popcorn. You
1: start salivating.
0: Yeah, exactly. I like my popcorn and Diet Coke. Sometimes I get a little bit of Coke in it, mixed into it.
1: You mix the Coke in the popcorn. You make a little soup.
0: Well, no, I don't make soup, but I I will mix Diet Coke with regular Coke.
1: That's like a half-calf. Yeah, uh, coffee.
0: Right, half cow, maybe half sugar. Whatever, like my yeah. grandma
1: used to do it, like the IHOPs. Really? She'd, She'd be like, "Ah, get a splash of caffeine in there, but then the rest decaf, please."
0: And that's so she doesn't get too jittery or yeah. stay up too late. You know, all
1: people with their hummingbird hearts, man, they can't handle too much hearts, caffeine.
0: Yeah, it's true. I've never understood decaf because for me, it's not even the taste; it's a function. Yeah, of, it's of like coffee. I just
1: want the tar without the nicotine, yeah. please. Right. It's uh, same same thing. Right. You know? We don't
0: smoke, though. I don't want people to think on this. No, k- we don't need a show. Here's the thing. I like my popcorn without butter. It's not a health issue. I just hate, I've never liked butter. I never put butter on stuff. I put olive oil on bread. I don't put butter on bread.
1: That's fancy.
0: You know, it's funny. I used to, I thought I didn't like olive oil. And then I was in Spain. I was eating bread without olive oil. And the Spanish woman said to me, con permiso, like, excuse me. And she's like, here, try some olive oil. And in my head, I was like, Lady, I already know. I don't like olive oil. It's not my style. But I didn't want to be a rude, ugly American. What if you
1: dipped your bread in the olive oil and then smacked her across the face <laughs> with it? Squeezed it. not like, don't or, like bring this to, Don't yeah. bring this garbage my yeah. way.
0: Get out of I'm here.
1: A, I'm a butter broad.
0: I'm a butter broad. No, I was just a plain broad. I yeah. was like, nothing on the bread broad. Nothing on the bread broad. I like that. But I didn't want to be a rude, ugly American. So I tried it. And I was like, I'm I'm was so good. Yeah. Anyway, they brought me popcorn with Diet Coke and... I didn't know what to do because the popcorn had butter. And I was really annoyed because it's a waste of money and I waste noticed, of calories. I noticed even in the
1: dark theater. You noticed what? Yeah, your annoyance oh, was really? palpable. You could tell? Yeah. Like I
0: admitted it? Yeah. Well, you know what I was doing? A I very if,
1: frizzy energy.
0: And I was actually out of respect for you, Gabe. I'm not lying. I didn't want to cause a commotion. What I should have done is you write a note at, at Nighthawk Cinema. You write a note and you leave the note. Kind of, you almost have desks that you write on in school. I should have written, please, you gave me popcorn with butter. I would like it without butter. But I didn't, I didn't want to seem like a pain in the ass. The guy would have had to come back. So what I did, and it was very unsuccessful, was I took the popcorn and I pressed it between my napkins to try to get some of the butter off. Mm -hmm. It still tasted gross. What did you think of it?
1: That was fine. You I mean, fine I it. didn't have any problems with it. Because yeah. you, do you
0: like do you get butter on your popcorn? Yeah, I put butter on yeah, everything. Yeah. See. Anyway, but I do want to give them a shout out. I want to thank them that afterwards, after the movie, I ordered a veggie burger because there's like a restaurant that's in the theater, which was great, by the way. Definitely check out the veggie burgers at Nighthawk. But I said in a kind of passive. Is it passive. No, it was indirect. It wasn't passive aggressive. It was indirect. I I said like, oh, you know, I ordered a, a popcorn. Without butter. And they gave it to me with butter. Is that related to you guys at the restaurant? And the woman was like, oh, yeah, I wish you would send it back. And I was like, yeah. She gave me a pass, like a, a free movie pass.
1: What? Yeah.
0: So we should go and see another movie.
1: That's right. Well, they play, you know, it's the Halloween season. And I'm trying to watch as many horror movies as possible. But they do uh, midnight showings of... Uh, different horror movies uh, all, all month. So um, they've got Night of the Living Dead. I don't know if you've ever seen I that. I haven't the seen original. it. Should Whew. we go see it? Gotta go check it out. All right,
0: yeah. let's do it, yeah. Got Leslie Leon to talk about it. They're doing a oh, struggle session. Oh, he's
1: yeah. Doing- uh, friends of friends of the pod i yeah. love struggle session yeah they're great when you aren't listening to the katie halper show yes subscribe yeah to struggle session
0: subscribe and then when you're not listening to us you can listen to it that's right we don't care if you subscribe while you're listening to us that's fine you can multitask yeah we just don't you've want got, you got you to- smartphones we've yeah. already uh, established yeah, yeah. that yeah. Gabe likes to remind people of that <laughs> as much as he can. You know, someone actually tweeted, I stopped giving, like I, I'm I'm donating instead of donating to the Katie Halper Show, I'm doing the struggle session. What? Yeah. Which wow. is like, but you know what? I didn't fall. That's a divide and conquer tactic and I wouldn't fall for it. Exactly. Yeah. We're rejecting that podcast based colonialism.
1: But if you want to listen to an, another podcast, check out Eat, Pray, Judge. That's oh, the yeah, that's, new that's one that I launched. It's that's new just podcast. movies. Yeah. It's just me talking about films with my friend Sammy. Yeah. Uh, not... Explicitly political.
0: What are some of the recent films you guys? Legally discussed? Blonde. Oh, interesting. Love Which Legally relates Blonde. to our, our yes. guest today. Didn't who... think
1: I'd like it. Yeah, liked it a lot. Don't oh. care at all about the law.
0: Had you not seen it before?
1: Never seen it before. Oh, interesting. It's movies I haven't seen before. Oh. Cultural blind spots. I really try to check out things for the first time on the pod.
0: Oh, yeah. I like that. Has your co-host seen them, or is that not allowed? Is that uh, how I know? Know,
1: some of you know? Usually, I'd say seventy-five uh, percent of the films neither one of us have seen.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: So. Yeah.
0: You know what? I really, you should have me on. I know, I don't think you guys have guests yet, but if you do,
1: we we will.
0: I wanted to come on for Fear, the Mark Wahlberg vehicle. Hey. I have a lot to say about it. All right. It's really quite fascinating. I
1: haven't seen that one either.
0: Yeah. It's great. Alyssa Milano, Reese Witherspoon. So, uh, speaking of the law, we have a great uh, interview with Nathan Robinson, who we had on before. Uh, I'm going to talk to him even more at Rhymes about Brett Kavanaugh. Hello and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. I'm your host Katie Helper, and you can hear the Katie Helper Show every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on WBAI, that's 99.5 FM, or WBAI.org. You can also find us on SoundCloud, you can find us on iTunes, and on iTunes, make sure you rate and review us. Find us on Patreon, where you can find extended interviews and bonus episodes, and that's at patreon.com slash The Katie Helper Show. Patreon.com slash The Katie Helper Show. You can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter. On Twitter, I am KTHelps, that's letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S. My host is Gabe underscore Pacheco. You can use the hashtag KTHelpsshow, that's letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S-H-O-W. On today's episode, we talk to Nathan Robinson, editor of Current Affairs, which is a great print magazine, which is, of course, also available online. You can find out more about that at kernsaffairs.org. We are very excited to be talking to Nathan Robinson, who I spoke to for a little bit last time, about his piece, his very comprehensive piece, How We Know Brett Kavanaugh is Lying, and that came out before he was confirmed. And Nathan has a follow-up piece called If the Rule of Law Means Anything, Kavanaugh Must Be Impeached. So, Nathan, before we start talking about this, I want to know, can you talk about your, your background as a legal as a jurist, if you will. As a
3: jurist, no, I,
0: <laughs> I. love saying that word.
3: I, I, I wouldn't say I have much of a uh, much of a background in the law. I mean, I did attend a law school and I did pass the Louisiana bar exam, uh, which is one of the more esoteric of the bar exams. So, um, so I, but I, I don't actually practice law. I just have strong opinions right. uh, about the law. Did um, you ever
0: practice so law? I,
3: I practiced law once. <laughs> I what? took one case before I retired wow. from the bar. Um, uh, it was a flag-burning case. I argued that uh, the burning of a flag was, was free speech, and uh, uh, we, uh, we, a, we sort of won.
0: Interesting. So, so is, is, uh, is it not now established law?
3: Well, it had been established, well, the wrinkle in the case that I had was that the person who burned the flag also stole the flag, um, which, you're allowed to burn a flag, but usually it has to be your own flag. Uh, yeah. Oh.
1: You can't take a veteran's flag that's stealing valor. Yeah. And then burning uh, it, it.
3: It was actually technically a Veterans Day flag, which uh, <laughs> made, but did made it, the case a little difficult to defend.
0: But did it belong to an actual veteran? Uh, I think it was part of a memorial. Oh, okay. Interesting. So what was your client like?
3: Uh, my client? What was the client like? The yeah. client was, um, had very strong views on U.S. imperialism and wanted to express it on Veterans
0: Day. Were you saying that theft is, uh, like, part of free speech? Uh,
3: well, I mean, the, the, the question was whether... Uh, I, I, this was, is this was years ago now, but I think the question was... Uh, it was charged with arson, and the question uh, was, but the prosecutors have, uh, were making a big deal out of the fact that it was a flag, and we were saying, well, you know, setting another person's object on fire, but is maybe against the law, but the fact that it's a flag doesn't make any difference because that aspect of it is free speech. Um, That's right. It could have
1: just can... been underwear. Right. It doesn't have to be a flag. Yeah, we exactly. could mad lib the object. Right. Yeah, right. exactly.
3: And and so to the extent that they were using the fact that it was a Veterans Day flag um, as some kind of aggravating element in the crime, uh, that would be unconstitutional. Right. Um, that was kind of the argument with it.
0: Can you talk to us about um, the response to your piece uh, uh, of how, Cav- how we know Kavanaugh lied and also your follow up piece um, and. You, you, the, the subtitle of your follow-up piece is, if a federal judge can get away with lying to Congress, why do we even have sworn oaths? Um, yeah. So can you can you set up um, why you wrote this piece, the follow-up piece? The follow-up piece?
3: Well, just because, you know, after I read the first piece, it was shared very widely, and a lot of people read it, and a lot of people, like, people who I did not expect would ever read that. Like, everyone from David Frum to... Uh, uh Nick Offerman from what is he, Parks and Recreation?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, they all posted it. Okay. Oh, that's great. And then everyone everyone was like, look, all the proof of his lies. And then the discourse still was mostly not about the lies. But like a like a lot of the stuff I heard was about, well, the the investigation was very faulty. And I was like, Yeah, well the investigation is very like the investigators just super bad and um uh, you know, the Brett Kavanaugh was disrespectful. Like, like the New York Times had 2,400 law professors who all signed a petition uh, saying Kavanaugh didn't belong in the Supreme Court, and in it, their main point was that he was disrespectful to the Senate. And I was like, well, that, I don't, I don't care about that. I really don't. And this former dean of Yale Law School, wrote an article where he said, "Well, you know, Kavanaugh didn't show the temperament of a justice." We right. Really don't care about the temperament. Like he committed perjury. So we're like, let's talk about the, let's talk about the really really super important thing, which is that if you commit a crime like that, you shouldn't be able to serve as a judge. And that's a really simple issue, and I think people can be persuaded on it. Whereas the temperament thing. I think in the age of Trump, nobody cares about temperament. I don't think it's a winning issue.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think that his temperament stuff was revolting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and it I, I surprised me. But I, I agree. I don't understand why people focus so much on the I, I mean, not to be dismissive. I believe Christine Ford, but I don't get why his lying under oath wasn't a bigger deal, especially because that seems so indisputable. Right. And why do you think, like, the Democrats uh, didn't focus on that more?
3: I, I I can't really answer that. I don't I, I don't understand because uh, it seems to be really important, but I guess, you know, they just get caught up in some particular idea. They, don't, they I think one reason is because they don't think, and they don't think about well, what is actually the most persuasive case to make? What is, the, what is the what is the best case? What can we really nail him on? They kind of uh, just follow along with once someone suggests something, it becomes orthodoxy. And so it was like, well, let's focus on the FBI investigation. Right. We really want an FBI investigation. Let's put everything into that without any sort of critical self-examination of going, well, how is this going to go politically? Well, the Republicans are going to have a, a non-investigation and then they're going to point to the investigation as reason to confirm him and then he's going to get confirmed. So maybe don't focus so much on we want an FBI investigation and then the, the investigation is bad and then you have to go, well wow, that was bad. And, 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 yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Just go perjury, perjury, perjury. Right, right, uh, yeah. But they're not particularly politically skilled.
1: Yeah, is it maybe that uh, they every... <laughs> Every one of them is also thinking that at some point they might get called on perjury too. Possibly, right?
0: Yeah, possibly. Actually, ju- just just talking to you now, what it made me think of was that maybe they're just so caught up in the Russia Gate narrative, right? And they've so mm. um, exalted and elevated the FBI and yes, the intelligence true. community that they they. And we know that they're very bad at being in touch with Americans and they don't care that that issue doesn't resonate with uh, the Russiagate issue doesn't resonate yeah. with people who don't already hate Trump and people who aren't already motivated. I mean, in terms of getting people mm. out of the house that they need to get out of the house, it doesn't matter. Right. So I wonder yeah. if they're just lost in that frenzy. They're caught up in the frenzy. Yeah. I think the, the celebration of oh, the FBI will save us kind right. of thing yeah. is, is, is really caught on. I and I guess one
3: other thing now that I think of it is that to say that a federal judge like Kavanaugh has committed a serious federal crime, it's like it's a very extreme allegation right. to make or it sounds extreme. It's like when Noam Chomsky says that if you apply the Nuremberg standards, every president would have to be hanged. Right. Like it's true. Right. And it's really provable. <laughs> right, <laughs> because right. the New York is pretty clear, but it also sounds out of the range of acceptable discourse. And I think saying that, like, saying that a respected federal judge has committed an offense should probably, like, if we're being consistent, land him in prison. Um... That sounds like a crazy thing to say, even though it's provably true. And things that sound crazy don't catch on because they're, they're fringe things. And well, so my perspective. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, with Democrats, they don't. I mean, Republicans, mm-hmm. they they push it oh, so yeah, far. Uh, yes. <laughs> right. That's like a big difference, you know, and, and you even have people saying, oh, no, the answer to to the right wing. Tea Party type of thing is not a left wing Tea Party. We have to be moderate. And I don't know how people can still say that after 2016. Yeah.
1: So are you right. saying that Republicans are, are a little bit more revolutionary in their tactics? More radical? Maybe. More... Yeah. Hot, take. Yeah.
0: Hot take. Hot take. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.
3: They're very ruthless. And when they to be ruthless and, uh, and, and also consistent, I think mean, just for the sake of consistency, it's, it's weird to me. I guess it's because not emphasizing the perjury thing also reinforces the two-tiered system of justice. where uh, interesting. A federal judge could get away with something that other people wouldn't get away with.
0: Right, even though it's that much more of uh, a... He especially shouldn't get away with it, right? But it also makes sense why he especially... Because of that, they'd be maybe afraid of touching it. Do you think there's anything to the kind of Tom, Thomas Frank thesis? I mean, Thomas Frank, you know, he he says that... Dems often we think that they oppose something and that they're just spineless or bad at politics, but they actually support it and that it's useful for them to have to kind of pretend that they're uh, opposed something because it's politically useful. So they can point to the the Republicans and say, look at the Republicans who support X, Y, Z economic finance thing, and they can pretend that they oppose it, but they don't actually because they have a vested interest in it, and also because it's useful for them politically to be able to point to kind of an enemy. So, I mean, Thomas Frank also says that that while the Republicans and Democrats are very similar on economic issues, that there is a big difference when it comes to social issues, and I think that's true. Mm -hmm. But this made me wonder, like, is this so that they can point to the Supreme Court and say look, we need to fight against, we need to defeat Trump, because if not, we're going to have su- Supreme Court justices like Kavanaugh? Do you think there's anything to that? Or am I just being totally paranoid? Yeah. Uh,
3: I mean, I do think, well, here's one thing. I do think that they want that the Democrats did not want Kavanaugh on the court. Um, I, 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 I I, think they're being honest about that. But what, one thing that does interest me is that I don't think they— wanted they did, they wanted him off the court so much for ideological reasons. This is kind of an interesting thing, which is that if the Ford thing hadn't happened, I think you would have seen a ton of Democrats voting for Brett Kavanaugh. Ah uh, interesting. Um and and it was interesting when the former Dean of the LR school wrote uh that that op ed that I mentioned because he said, Well, I thought Kavanaugh was this a uh, fantastic judge, and then he was intemperate and disrespectful to the Senate. Right. And if he hadn't been that, and if he'd just been an awful conservative judge who just had all this litany of terrible anti-worker, anti-immigrant ruling, um I think Democrats would have voted, literally voted to put him on the court because... He is a respected member of the DC establishment, and you know ideological reasons are not sufficient reason. Um, right. An accusation of sexual assault and uh, and it showing emotion in the Senate hearing, those things are those things we can we can vote you down for. So I do think there's something to the idea um, that that yeah they would rather support someone uh, who embodies the things they're supposedly against than disrupt the chummy, uh, insider club of, uh, of, uh the DC establishment.
0: Right. So what about the argument that, you know, Trump is only going to nominate terrible people. So we have to, like, w- there's nothing we can do about that.
3: Well, that's true. You, you, you still don't have to, there's still no reason to vote for them, uh- <laughs> And you still should be thinking about the way, the, the best possible ways to make the case to the public for why those people are bad. I mean, even if it's inevitable that ultimately those people are going to be on the court, you still have to present a united front against them and you have to be able to make, can show the public why what the Republicans are doing by putting this person on the court is bad. And what I worried, you know, before the allegations came out, I was screaming Like, you have to try and explain why his judicial record is horrible. Um, And every Democrat needs to be saying, like, a person who does this, a person who rules this way, shouldn't be on the Supreme Court. And that's not because we're the blue team and they're the red team. It's because our team has, like, actual principles and values. And their team is horrific. And they support horrible things that are going to destroy the Earth. And that's the case you have to make.
0: Do you think the Dems could have done anything about Merrick Garland, who, of course, was nominated by Obama?
3: Um, not nominate Merrick Garland. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, nominate someone like nominate Michelle Alexander. Like if you go to, I mean, it was <laughs> obvious. That it was so obvious that you know Mitch McConnell was never going to put Merrick Garland on the clock. I mean, I think they said it in the earliest days. So why did Obama nominate someone who nobody cares about and nobody even knew who he was outside the legal community? It was such a terrible pick. Like, yeah, I don't think there was a way to get an Obama nominee past the Senate. But that means that you're free to just make a point.
0: Right. So you might as well have someone who's going to say great stuff during the confirmation hearings, right?
3: Yeah, and have them like you know have, have them oppose a woman of color, not some like awful you know Yale white man who again I don't even want that Garland on the court.
0: Right how, how would the how would it the Dems go about impeaching or trying to impeach Kavanaugh?
3: Well, they have to. they have to take back the Senate. Um, you know, if we if can. Have, it's all a matter of power. This is the reason why Trump is not going to be impeached is because nobody, you're not going to have enough. Like I don't think Kavanaugh is going to get impeached. The only way Kavanaugh gets impeached is if we have tremendous power and we have a bunch of serious, committed, no bullshit Democrats instead of people who are going to chicken out at the last minute. So, but I do think, even though we kind of know that impeachment is not going to happen, I do think that you've got to say it. <laughs> like, it's like when like Bernie Sanders' is anti-Amazon bill. It's like, yeah, we, we know it's not going to pass, but you still introduce it because you're making a point, because right. you're putting the issue in the public mind. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, the, the Bernie Sanders stop Bezos bill was probably pushed. I mean, definitely push Bezos to raise the minimum wage of Amazon workers Mm -hmm. in the U.S. But is there an equivalent outcome from pursuing impeachment of Kavanaugh? Now, I think that there are times where it's still pragmatic and a good idea to 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 attempt to do something, even if you're going to lose. But I don't know if this one is. What do you well,
3: think? it depends how you frame it, right? Because the main thing you can do is undermine the legitimacy of Brett Kavanaugh's presence on the Supreme Court. Right. You, you, you what you have to bear in mind is it's not, it shouldn't be a, a slogan, impeach Kavanaugh. Right. It should be about pointing out that Kavanaugh doesn't, shouldn't be on the court. Right. And that he did things in his hearing that should make him not, uh, and and kind of creating the impression that he's not a real Supreme Court justice.
1: I got you. So just call him the perjurist every time (laughs) you address him.
3: Right, exactly.
0: The pervy perjurist.
3: Exactly. Like, shun him and delegitimize him. Make him him always be a justice with an asterisk next to his name. Like Brett Kavanaugh, who shouldn't be on the court.
1: (laughs) Bart O. Kavanaugh. Right.
3: If it, if it becomes a campaign to just impeach him, then again, that's quixotic. That's that's silly. Right. Um it, it, It's part of a it's part of a wider tactic, and maybe it should be part of like the Ian Samuel approach of like we this is how helping make the case that we need to pack the court. Right.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that in a second. But you know, it's interesting because I very much feel that we should try to impeach Kavanaugh. I don't think it's a useful tactic for Trump, and I realize I think it's because. Like, with Trump, he's not supposed to be... His whole shtick is that he's an asshole, he's a bad boy, he doesn't play by the rules. And I think that the more opposition to him the more kind of legitimacy he gets, right? Because so much of his identity is grounded right. in, in being outside of the political beltway yeah. and being a threat to status quo. I think with Kavanaugh, right. you don't have that. You have it a little bit because he's also kind of a bad boy, but he pretends not to be. That's the difference. Right. So I feel like maybe it is more useful and maybe the Dems would be more embarrassed um, or even Republicans would be more embarrassed about standing up for a guy who who's just a total liar. What about packing the courts? W- where do you fall on that?
3: Uh, I I think I'm pretty – in fact, I think it's going to end up being necessary for democracy uh, at a certain point because it sort of depends on whether if we – again, this is all contingent on the left retaking power. Uh, But if we manage to retake power and we're faced with a situation where we have the executive, we have the Congress, but the court is striking down – Every progressive measure, um, then you have to say, "Well, okay, this is an anti-democratic institution. This right. needs reform because this is this isn't working." And in order for democracy, in order for the government to be legitimate, uh, you have to pack the court. I think so. I, I think it's a little premature to discuss purely because there is a world in which when you get the executive and the um, and the Congress. Uh, the court kind of follows along a little bit, uh, like they did, like the shift on on, on, on gay rights, where, right. and like civil rights, honestly, like the civil rights movement, where the movement causes conservative justices to reevaluate and they're kind of pushed by the ideology of the country. But,
0: um, but why do they care if they are at the lifetime appointments, basically? Uh, because they.
3: Because they care about their reputation uh-huh. uh, a, a lot, and they care about their the the appearance, and because they you, if you pose a threat, they're scared, right? The, the the I mean, the legend is, and I think it's it's a little disputed that um, one of the justices switched their vote on the on a on a, on a new deal piece of new deal legislation to uphold uh, an important piece of new deal legislation because they were afraid of having, that if they didn't, if they just kept striking it down, um, Roosevelt will pack the court. Uh, And so, if you, if you start posing a threat to them, and also, like, on gay rights and civil rights, it just became so, we managed to make it so repellent, so socially toxic, toxic, to be, to to be pro-segregation or anti-gay marriage, that they, they had to kind of come along.
0: Right. Um, What do you, did you, were you surprised by um, Joe Manchin, Susan Collins, or Jeff Flake voting to confirm um, Kavanaugh? Nothing. Um, Are we on the radio this time? Am I allowed to swear on this one? Uh, Yeah, you can swear.
3: Nothing surprises me with these fucking people. Like, these people, like... Nothing, nothing will ever surprise me from those from, you know, Jeff, Jeff Flake is, you you know what an acronym is, you know, where the name embodies the character of of the person. And that's what he is. He will flake on you. Right. And and Susan Collins, yeah, I mean, never trust a Republican. Joe Manchin, not really a Democrat. He's made that pretty clear. He said of himself, he's a good old West
0: Virginian boy.
3: Yeah, no, you're never surprised by, by what any of those people do. They will always they will always let you down. That's the right. lesson.
0: Could Schumer have whipped him into shape? Well, that's a question. I, 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 when you
3: do get one dissenter like that, it does make you think this is a failure of leadership because right. if you had so if you had a functional leadership in the Democratic Party, they would go, Well, if you break ranks on this, we will fuck you. Right. We will support your primary opponent next time. and You are out of the party. Uh, so it does suggest that they didn't try very hard.
0: And what about the, what do you think the role of Tom Perez, chairman of the Democratic Party? He basically said that he would support Dems who voted for Kavanaugh.
2: Is there room in the party for senators who vote for Judge Kavanaugh? Well, listen, the Democratic Party has always uh, been a party that's reflected a number of, of values. But one of those.
0: And he compared it to voting for Gorsuch, which, as the person pointed out who was interviewing him, it's not really comparable for a couple of reasons. I've quite heard a yes
2: or no answer on, on whether it's acceptable for Democratic senators. Well, the Democratic senators, there were Democratic senators who voted for uh, Justice Gorsuch, OK? Uh, I mean, which were, was a bit of a different hand- situation than what we're in today. Well, again, and, and that's going to be up to them. But there, there were Democratic senators who did that. Uh, and, uh, and that is a fact. And those are Democratic senators that I have worked very closely with, continue to work very closely with, and are working to help get reelected. And so uh, that is that is the that is a fact. That's the reality of what uh, we see now. And uh, and you would continue to work to get real work to reelect Democratic senators. If of course, we're going to. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Do you Ah, think that that has any influence or does that just represent, I may not like have a causal effect, but do you think it, I mean, that kind of represents problematic priorities? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that shows you everything right there, actually. I mean, that's a great quote where where you think that shows you exactly why the fight for who was going to chair the DNC uh, was important. Um, why people were complaining about putting Tom Perez in charge on uh, people on the left, even though every, the, the, Obama was saying, well, but he, he's a progressive. He supports everything you do. Right. And there's a huge difference between someone who is a progressive but will say things like that and clearly won't fight very hard and won't condemn things that need to be condemned. You shouldn't vote for
0: Gorsuch either. Right. <laughs> like, no, of course. Right. Although what, there is still a think? difference, right? I mean, it's like, I, I agree you shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, this is worse. <laughs> right. Because in addition to the ideology, you have the uh, a sexual assault and the total perjury. But right. wh- how, how different is John Roberts from the other rep- uh, conservative justices? Their, people seem to John kind Roberts- of respect yeah. him in a way that they don't, the other ones. Well, I don't have any
3: respect for him, but and I don't think anyone should, but <laughs> he is a little different. And and, and what people say is that the, the difference between John Roberts and the others is that John Roberts, he cares a lot about reputation. Right. John Roberts is the guy who you can push through, like, how will this look? Right. And that's why John Roberts voted to uphold the health care law, because John Roberts didn't want to appear to be a conservative ideologue. Right. And... John is a conservative, but he has he has concerns, you know, he romanticizes the court. He wants the court to be a respected right. body,
0: a nonpartisan body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was talking to Ro Khanna, who went to Yale Law School. He actually said that he thought that probably one of the people most upset by Kavanaugh being confirmed would be John Roberts, because he does care yeah. about the legacy and the appearance of the Supreme Court.
3: I think John Roberts would have been very, very excited to have Kavanaugh. I mean, Kavanaugh was a rock star in the legal community. um, And you know, kind of like Merrick Garland, where someone that only lawyers are part of, but they all talk about him with reverence. And I think Roberts would have loved to have him on the court uh, before this. But I think if I had to get into Roberts' head and speculate, I would say he probably thought, Oh, no, this is this is the appearance here is very bad. Yeah. We don't want a scandal. He's tainted. We should step aside for someone who isn't tainted by the appearance of scandal. Or who doesn't Um, seem as
0: unhinged. Jesus. Yeah, I think Roberts was probably horrified when he
3: saw the testimony and probably if he had been a law professor, would have signed that letter.
0: Right, that's interesting. Right, opposing his uh, saying he didn't belong on the court. You know, I have to say one of the dumbest arguments I've I've heard so far against um, packing the court is that it will undermine the legitimacy of the Supreme Court.
1: Water it down? Yeah.
0: I guess I don't even. I mean, I don't even understand why I would do that. But also, it happens. It's so dumb because it's based on the premise that it's a safe, still a sacred institution, when we already know that we had someone you know confirmed who was accused of sexual harassment. And Alito's confirmation was kind of a joke. Oh, my God. Wait, by the way, guys, I can't get over this part. Do you guys know that, you know how (laughs) Kavanaugh was getting all emotional talking about his dad's weird, abusive calendar readings?
2: Yeah. I've submitted to this committee detailed calendars recording my activities in the summer of 1982. Why did I keep calendars? My dad started keeping detailed calendars of his life in 1978. He did so as both a calendar and a diary. He's a very organized guy, to put it mildly. Christmas time, we sit around and he regales us with old stories, old milestones, old weddings, old events from his calendars.
0: His dad is alive. I thought for sure the dad was dead. I mean, See, that's, I thought that the first too. <laughs> yeah, that's even more disingenuous. It's crazy. I know the weeping where you went. Oh my god, he's remembering
3: his dead dad. Yeah, and you're like his that way? His dad is in the room. What I are know. Doing?
0: It's so funny.
2: <laughs> in ninth grade, in ninth grade in nineteen eighty, I started keeping counters my own. For me, also, it's both a calendar and a diary. I've kept such counters diaries for the last thirty eight years. Mine are not as good as my dad's.
0: It's been great talking with you, Nathan, by the way. This is great. Yeah, delightful. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Thanks so much, Nathan. Great. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that a great interview?
1: Oh, he was great.
0: He was great. So knowledgeable. And, you know, just the British accent itself, he may not even be knowledgeable. He sounds knowledgeable. Hopefully he's knowledgeable, but I can't even judge it because the British accent.
1: I tack on an extra uh 15 iq points to anybody with a british accent i don't know what it is oh
0: i would say that we should do the opposite because they appear that much smarter but we have to balance it out yeah you have to be an american rocket scientist to sound like a normal brit now on the other end of the spectrum and i hope i don't offend any australians because i'm really into australia i always right wonder
1: now. how smart rocket scientists are though
0: oh you think you it's know? like a, i'm like
1: yeah what they're it. just making big fireworks right
0: like You're Promet- just shooting it, at- maybe right, maybe the Prometheus uh, <laughs> uh, bias. Yeah, you know, like you know, my dad. By the way, my dad has a scar on his hand. Yeah, because when he was like 14 and very, uh, very talented scientist, he made a rocket and it exploded, and they had to take a skin graft from his stomach, from yeah. his belly, and put it on his thumb, and then hair grew from that stomach skin. That's right so that's right I I love that like Gabe is like expecting knows that always happens or knew that about my dad Yeah. so he has not a hairy palm but he has a hairy thumb it's not very hairy you wouldn't notice it
1: that'd be better if it was uh, they took a graft of skin from his back and uh, and now then we'd know that your father had a a big old hairy uh, back yeah
0: right so we know he has a semi hairy stomach I guess but that's not as uh,
1: he's a little bit of a werewolf
0: a little bit of werewolf and also you know stomach hair is like basic most men not yes all men not all men and of people who not did, me
1: uh, mine I, mine is as smooth as a uh, a fetal dolphin
0: a fetal dolphin yeah i like that gabe is lifting his shirt in a very consensual uh way on both of our parts also want to announce that we're going to be starting a new feature on the katie Halper show fornicate Mary kill is a little too hard and complicated. And then I like the idea of "Would you rather," but then I realized if I'm as a man for Gabe, that's a bit problematic in charge. So we're gonna do "Would you rather" desert island.
1: Who'd you want to spend uh, spend the rest of your right. life with on her desert island? Yeah, exactly.
0: Island? So I'm gonna. Can I throw one out? Brett Kavanaugh or uh, Clarence Thomas?
1: I mean, I don't I don't know very much about Clarence. That's that's a tough one. All right, I'm gonna... And I don't and I don't like beer. So So
0: I think we, you know, I think you and I are on the same wavelength here and we're going to have to fight over them because I would say Clarence Thomas, because as disgusting as sexual harassment is, it's one up from sexual assault. That's right. I don't like beer. I'm hoping Clarence likes wine or like uh, cocktails or something. And Clarence is older. He is older.
1: So the likelihood that I, I'd have to spend less time on the island Oh, with it's him. true,
0: right. If our goal is being alone on the island as opposed to having some entertainment, then that's, that's good. We want the older one, right? Also, he, I'm a little worried though. I don't know if you remember this. He, Anita Hill said he like, put, uh, asked about pubic hair on his Coke can. Oh my God. One of the oddest episodes I remember was an occasion in which Thomas was drinking a Coke in his office. He got up from the table at which we were working, went over to his desk to get the Coke, looked at the can and asked, who has put pubic hair on my Coke?
1: Oh, my God. Is he going to put pubes all over my pina coladas <laughs> on this island? <laughs> pina colada, yeah. Every time I go I go away, I step away from my drink. I come back. My Mai Tai's got pubes all over it. It's a it. pube like, My
0: ha. pubes. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, he said that someone else put them what on his Coca-Cola. What a joker. Yeah. So, But I feel like anyone who would say that is probably gonna the type who would leave pubes. Interesting. Full circle. Like Coca-Cola. Remember back in the day we were talking about... Nighthawk Cinema, Coca-Cola. I feel like it's a. Re- this is a really good circular episode. All right, great. We will see you next time. Yep. Okay, bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening to the Katie Halper Show. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. On Twitter, I am KT Helps. that's letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S. My co-host is Gabe underscore Pacheco. You can use the hashtag KTHelpsShow, that's letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S-H-O-W. Stand by for our bonus episode with Nathan Robinson, where he talks about current affairs. His book on Bill Clinton, Super Predator, Bill Clinton's Use and Abuse of Black America. His book on Donald Trump, called Trump, Anatomy of a Monstrosity, and why he knew that Trump was going to win, why Bernie Sanders was more electable in 2016, and why he thinks he could still run and still win in 2020.